0: Well, this morning, as I said, it's a little bit different. And um, what we're going to actually do is, how many of you would agree that Pastor Tark has preached some outstanding, phenomenal messages this year? Amen. Some of them have been so impacting and so, all of them are so impacting and so good. But we wanted to not lose what has happened this year. We actually wanna take a look back at four significant messages that we've heard from our pastor this year because we don't wanna, you know, you hear a message and at the time it's great, but we don't wanna lose the the insight from those messages, the lessons, what God spoke to us. So we're gonna take a look back and I want you to remember what it was that God spoke to you in that time and we're gonna reflect on it maybe you weren't here then you can quickly catch up but you know we did start the year in a very very difficult way um, we lost pastor helen and that impacted all of us it We'll never be the same again without her. And the very first message that we want to look back on is a memorable legacy. We don't want that legacy that Pastor Helen so faithfully stewarded to end. We want to continue that legacy and carry it on. And it's up to us to carry that through. So I want you to turn your eyes to the screen as we start off this morning with a memorable legacy.
1: So I'm gonna focus this message on words that I've repeatedly heard over the last week. I've, heard, I've never heard this word so much, and it's the word legacy. The legacy that Helen leaves us. So I'm gonna give you some teaching as well because I want us to utilize this moment. I'm gonna utilize it, believe me. And I want you to utilize it as well because we're all gonna leave a legacy that's gonna affect future generations. Each of us are gonna influence hundreds, thousands of people Your family, your friends, your neighbours, your work colleagues, your schoolmates—you know, people on your street, whoever they are—you are going to influence so, so many people, and you will leave a legacy. We can many, we can leave a legacy in so many areas: a financial legacy, of being a good parent, being a good friend, being a good employee, being a good boss. So many areas we can leave a great legacy. But the greatest legacy that we can live leave for the next generations is a life fully lived for God. A life. Fully lived for God. Isn't that what you want people to say when you pass on? And that's what they're saying about Helen. And I wanna be able to say that about me. I want you to say that about yourself as well. So there's four areas and you've heard so much of this so I'll try not to overstate things but she leaves us a memorable legacy in at least four areas that I want us to pick up on as individuals, as a church. Helen loved people. People were her passion. She believed in people. My, she believed in people. I'd sit in an office so many times and I'd ask her about this young person and that young person and another person. And her response was always, oh man, they're just so amazing. They're fantastic. They're so gifted. They're so incredible. I'd say, Helen, they can't all be that good. But in her eyes, they were. She had this rare gift A rare gift to believe in people. To love people and believe in people. I want to challenge you. Will you pick up that legacy? Will you decide today to love people more? To believe in people more? Is there someone you're struggling to believe in right now? Helen would say, come on. Believe in them. They're better than you may think. The second legacy she leaves us is one of passionate prayer. Helen could pray. My, how she could pray. Sometimes she'd be up on this platform in a pre-meeting or leading a pre-meeting. She would pray and I'd think, oh my goodness. This girl is in touch with heaven. Passionate prayer. You know, after some of the prayer meetings that she led on a Thursday, whenever it might be, I'd go up to Helen. I'd say, Helen... You're so good. I'm gonna roster you on more. She said, oh, no, no. <laughs> she, she didn't wanna be rostered on anything. <laughs> she wanted to be in the background, but but I, I'd say that to her because she just could pray. Friends, there's a, a mantle of prayer, passionate prayer. And it included prayer for the next generation, but also can, can, she was passionate about prayer for revival in this nation. Passionate about it. So that, that, legacy that she leaves, I'm asking the question, who's gonna pick it up? Who's gonna take that legacy and take it to another level? Would, would you? I don't know what legacies you wanna pick up, but I want you to pick up some, because this is how we're gonna honor Alan. This is how I'm gonna honor Helen. She's gonna motivate me, for sure. Helen had a massive heart for the next generation. That's the third area, youth and young adults. She poured her life into them. She really did. And I believe she had a dream to see a double portion, anointed, revival, praying generation that would take the high schools, the universities, and carry the flame of revival across New Zealand and beyond. And I believe that. It's been in my heart that there's gonna come a irresistible call of the Holy Spirit upon many young people, maybe even some older people. They're gonna pick up that call to invest in the next generation and to see a revival generation, praying generation, double portion generation that's gonna take the flame of God into the schools, the universities, and across this nation. Helen's no longer here, friends, to carry that vision on. But there are people in Church Unlimited and other churches that will pick up what has been left. It's a mantle, it's an anointing to be picked up by different people, not just by one or two, I believe by many. And we will see the fulfillment of that dream that Helen carried so strongly in her heart. Why don't you stand with me for a moment? Just in honor for... Pastor Helen and the life that she lived for us. Maybe you just close your eyes for a few moments as we remember those legacies that were mentioned. And I believe in the passing of Helen, a seed was sown in each of these areas. A seed that's gonna bear tremendous fruit except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abides alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. I believe we're going to see great fruit in all of these areas. I want to, as I preached in that message, which of these four legacies can you take hold of today? Which one that you just can put a bit of extra time, energy, and prayer into? I think it's all summed up with the first statement was that, She lived a life that was fully lived for God. I guess that sums it all up. A life fully lived for God. Maybe that's the challenge that you pick up on this morning. Then she loved people and she believed in people. Can you take that aspect of your life to another level? Is that the one that resonates with you? Maybe you already believe in people. Maybe there's someone you're struggling to believe in. Helen would say, come on, believe in them. Believe in that person. It could be someone in your own home, your workplace. Then there was this legacy of passionate prayer. Is that your legacy? Is that the one you need to pick up on? Pray more passionately. Pray a bit more than you've prayed before. How we need prayer to rise in our church and our nation at this time is probably one of the greatest needs in the church right now is the need for passionate prayer. Maybe that's a legacy you want to pick up on. Praying for revival. Wow. Then she had this passion for the next generation pour into the next generation to raise up a double portion, anointed revival generation. Is that stirring in your heart today? Is that something you want to invest in more? How could you invest in that more? What could you do? What does that look like? Would you pick up that mantle? Will you pick up that anointing? Would you pick up that call of the Spirit, that restaurant, Helen? Can it come upon you in a greater way than ever before? I believe God's speaking to people right now and saying, this is for you. I'm talking to you right now. You know it's me. You know it's the Holy Spirit. You know that He is apprehending you right now. An irresistible call to help raise up a revival generation do what you can. Maybe it's even by giving a bit of an offering for this, river, this camp that's coming up uh, very shortly. So many things that Helen was passionate about. Pick up one of those mantles, pick up one of those anointings, whichever one it is. You know, the night that, the day that Helen passed, that night, I woke in the night. I was going through the day just in my sleep and my dreams and whatever. And God gave me a song. God gave me a song. God gave me a song. You know what the song was? I believe it was connected with Helen's passing away. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit. Heaven, break out. I believe we're going to see. Somehow it's connected to Helen. I don't know how that all quite works in the spirit realm, but as a result of what happened, we're going to see a revival break out. Let's be a part of that. Father, we thank you for this life that was so gloriously lived for you. We thank you for the legacy that's left. Would you help us, Lord, each and every one of us to honour, to honour Helen, take hold of one of those legacies, if not more, and take it to a whole new level and honour her and honour you, Lord, in the process. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to change gear now, grab a seat, and we're going to go to the second message that I preached some time ago. We read in Hebrews ten thirty-five to 36, so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. You know what this verse says? It says, if you don't quit in time, you will actually be richly rewarded. That is a promise of the word of God. And we see through scripture, you know, the champions of the faith. So many of them had to, not quit, had to persevere, persist in very trying situations so that they could be richly rewarded. One of the great examples, I believe, is Moses. Listen to what it says about Moses. In Numbers 11, 14 to 15, he says, I'm not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. Is that you? The burden is just too heavy. He goes on to say to God, if you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. Wow, that's at the end of the line, isn't it? But what we know is Moses didn't quit. He went on to deliver the nation out of Egypt. He he parted the Red Sea. He got the Ten Commandments and so much more. See, he didn't quit. And the Word of God is true. He was richly, richly rewarded. And that reward is waiting for you. Think about Elijah, Jonah, two more who wanted to quit and didn't. And God used them to do exploits. But I like to refer sometimes to Peter. Peter denies the Lord three times. I mean, you are talking massive failure. But Peter, he didn't quit. He ended up becoming a pillar in the church and one of the leading apostles. I want to say to you today, I don't care how badly you have failed. Get up and get going again because God has got a great future in store for you. In fact, if you have failed, the word for you today is hang in there. Don't quit, don't give up. However, (laughs) maybe you have quit. Maybe you have given up. That's also okay according to the good book. So even if you've quit many times, the only real failure, the, listen, please, the only real failure is if you refuse to get up and get going again. We read in Proverbs 24, 16, though the righteous falls seven times, which is the number of perfection, they rise again. This is the amazing grace of God. What a wonderful God we serve. God of love, kindness, forgiveness, compassion, unconditional love. You can never fail too often. Did you hear that? For God to give up on you. He will never, ever do that. If you're still breathing, <laughs> and hey, if you're online, you are, it's not over. Yeah. God's got a great future in store for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm calling someone out of the deepest pit. You think you're done. You think you're finished. You think it's over. You, my friend, are wrong. As long as you have breath, it's not over. You're not done. You can get up and I'm calling you up today. Please hear me. I'm calling you up because if you don't quit and if you get up again, God has a good future in store for you. I just want to get that into your spirit today. If you keep going, if you persevere on the other side are these wonderful blessings that God has for you. And I don't want you to miss out on any of it. So decide today, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how great the pain, the suffering, no matter how difficult the road, Decide today, you will never ever quit. You have a decision to make. This is decision time. I encourage you to make that decision today, this moment, right now. And the decision is this that you will not be a quitter. The decision is this I will never quit. And I repeat, if you have quit, Make another decision today to get up and go again. Because if you don't quit, the good book promises that there are better days ahead for you, that you will be richly recorded. God has a blessed future in store for you. This is no time to quit. This is no time to quit. Tell the person next to you, this is no time to quit. This is no time to quit. You know, people sitting here in the meeting today and maybe you're online and you're right on the edge of quitting. You're really struggling to, you're saying to them, "Can can I keep pushing through, can I keep? hanging in there? Can I keep loving God? Can I keep serving Him, getting to church, praying, all of those things? Can I keep following the Lord? You may have a smiley face on, dress nicely, everything looks okay, but inside you're crumbling, inside you're struggling. And some of you actually Even though you're here or online, you actually have quit. You've said, yeah, I'm here in body, but I'm not here in spirit. I'm not here in my emotions. I'm not here in my heart. If that's you, as I said in that message, it's okay. Steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, though he fall, he will not be cast down. You know, you can fall seven times and God will pick you up again. And I believe as we end another year, 2022, I want to say to you, every person in this building and online, that God has a blessed future in store for you if you do not quit. Psalm 23, verse 6, one of my favorite verses. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you All the days of your life, that is Bible, that is Scripture, that's not just positive thinking, that's not fantasy, that's not just hope, that is truth, that is the Word of God. Why don't you say it with me? You all know it, don't you? Psalm 23, verse 6, let's go. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I want you to make that personal now get real greedy. All right, if it's going to follow me all the days of my life, you ready for this? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life one more time. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life one more time. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life in Jesus name. Amen. I'm telling you, there was spirit upon that. There was spirit upon that. There was a call of God. That was not just words from me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, speaking to all, every one of us. And He's saying, and He's shouting from the rooftops. Surely goodness and mercy. Next year is going to be a blessed year. Look forward to it. But the main thing right now is this: is no time to quit. Tell the person next to you, I will never quit. Now tell the person on the other side, I will never quit in Jesus' Name. Amen and amen. All right, we're gonna go to clip number three. Fasten your seatbelts. We're heading into some strong turbulence. There was a young lady planning to be a missionary. She ends up getting raped, stabbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. Carlton Moore was convicted of her murder, sent to prison. For two years, the mother, Mrs. Hannah, was filled with grief, hatred, anger, bitterness. Couldn't let her go. She goes to a Gideon's meeting, they hand out Bibles, and in the course of the meeting, the uh, speaker said, forgive, and set yourself free. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but God is speaking to you through me. Forgive today and set yourself free. The Gideon speaker said, we can send Bibles anywhere you want us to. Mrs. Hannah felt very convicted of her hatred, her unforgiveness, towards the killer. So it's really hard. She said, it was so hard to do. Went up to the speaker, gave him some money. She said, I want you to send this Bible to Carlton Moore in prison. And I want you to say to Carlton Moore, because Jesus forgives Mrs. Hannah, she forgives you. And because Jesus said, love one another, Mrs. Hannah loves you After two years, she went home that day. She cried for the first time in two years. In that moment, God set her totally free of bitterness and unforgiveness. When Carlton Moore, the speaker said, received the Bible, he was so overwhelmed by this act of kindness. And love and forgiveness, that he gave his life to Jesus Christ, and he became a minister among the prisoners in prison. That is the power, friends, of forgiveness. Ephesians 4:32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. I've been thinking about this. If any people on the planet should know how to forgive, it's Christians, it's Christians, the world, they don't understand the forgiveness that we've experienced, that we've been forgiven every sin that we ever committed, that we're going to go to heaven because of the power of the blood of Jesus. They know nothing about forgiveness. We friends understand forgiveness and the church should be modeling forgiveness to a lost world and showing a better way and a higher way. It's incumbent on you and for me, friends, to demonstrate to the world, a lost, broken world, forgiveness. Imagine right now if the entire world instantaneously forgave one another. Imagine what would happen. We have wars, conflicts, all that. A lot of it's unforgiveness, a lot of it's bitterness, a lot of it's anger. It would radically transform the entire world would have peace, would have joy, would have harmony. Everything, you know, whole groups of people, you know, churches would come back together because they went their separate ways because of offences and unforgiveness. It's time for the church to demonstrate to the world true forgiveness of one another. Do not harbour unforgiveness in your heart because the Bible actually says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And if you are not forgiven, what is going to be the end of the story, folks? You don't want to go there. We don't want to talk about that. So what do you do when you get a slap on the face? That's very current, isn't it? That's very current. What do you do? Well, you turn the other cheek. But before you turn the other cheek, you expect a slap on the face that's what Jesus said, offences may come. Now, the word for offences is very interesting. When you look it into the Greek, it's actually, it's actually the bait stick. Okay, I've got a mouse trap here, all right. How many of you have had a mouse in your house? That rhymes, A, eh? I'm not a poet, I know it, but a mouse in the house. Anyway, forget, I won't go there. So you see that's there, when you put cheese on here, that's the bait stick there, so let me set this. I don't wanna damage myself, all right? And so, the bait stick lures. <laughs> the bait, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. The bait stick lures the mouse into a deadly trap. And offence fence lures you into Satan's deadly trap. You don't wanna go there, folks. It's a deadly trap. There's few things more damaging in your life than unforgiveness, bitterness, wanting revenge. You know, this is probably the bottom line key. You've given you some practical steps, but as you go through the practical steps, what's, what you're gonna experience is a grace and the power of God. You probably can't do this forgiveness thing on your own. And your own strength is probably too hard, but the grace of God is available, the power of God is available, <clears throat> and you are able to forgive with God's help. Forgive and set yourself free free. It's time, friend, to set yourself free. You don't have to suffer any longer with unforgiveness and bitterness. It cripples you. It makes you miserable. makes you unhappy. It makes you awful to be around. If the day has come and the time is now. And the day is today. Today. Before you leave this service, I want you to make a decision. I will forgive whoever it is. It might be two people, three people, four. I don't know how many. I will forgive them. It's time to forgive and set yourself free free in Jesus' name. And everyone said. That's a very, very challenging topic. There are people sitting in this building online and you have deep-rooted unforgiveness. The reason you have it is you've been so deeply hurt. pain has been almost beyond belief unbearable agonizing and so many other emotions that come with it that's why it's a message like this is incredibly challenging because you feel it so deeply but what I'm trying to say in this message is that by the grace and power of God, we have to forgive. It's a requirement of Scripture. And the reason we have to do it is to set ourselves free. The longer you live with bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness and all those things, which we understand why you feel it, the longer you live with those things, the more bound you become. You're a prisoner. You actually imprison yourself and it holds you captive and it damages you in so many ways. You know, um, they, they've researched this whole area and the negative impacts of unforgiveness in our lives mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually is just enormous. And so, the main reason to forgive is twofold. Number one, scripture requires it, God says, Hey, If you forgive others, I'll forgive you. If you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. So it's it's scripture as well. But secondly, it's for our own well-being to set us free. That's example of the bait of Satan. See, it's a bait. We get offended. And one of the problems with offense is Satan and unforgive, Satan can make it feel noble. I'm offended because this person did this. And people say, you're too right you're offended. And I'm not going to forgive them. God, you shouldn't forgive. It can feel noble, even to us as Christians. But we need to repent of our right to hold on to offence and unforgiveness and let it go. So I can encourage you that today, search your heart. Is there unforgiveness in there? If there is, start the journey. Start the journey out to freedom. How do you start the journey? It starts with a decision. It doesn't start with a feeling. The feeling, I feel like forgiving. That's not gonna come. That'll probably, it's just not gonna come. The decision. This is decision time today. I'm gonna encourage you right now. Right now, why don't we close our eyes for a moment of privacy. Why don't you, right now, can you make a decision? Say, God, by your help and your grace, I choose to forgive. Now that's just the start of the journey. It's just the beginning. You might, may hate saying those words, but get those words out and then it may take a process until you get to the place where you actually can feel that you've forgiven the person. But it starts with a decision When you put in the grit. God gives a grace and His power begins to flow. Once you've made this, it power begins to flow to help you to do this thing. If, if Mrs. Hannah could forgive the man that raped and murdered her daughter. I wanna suggest, and that she ended up not only forgiving the man, but loving him. I wanna say that by the power of God and the grace of God, you also can forgive that person or persons that have hurt and wounded you so badly. Set yourself free. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, would You help them right now in this moment, this divine moment as we close 2022. Lord, would You help them to make that decision to forgive that person that has hurt and offended and upset them so badly. Would You forgive that person, Lord, to set themselves free and Lord, to end this year with a clean slate with no unforgiveness, no bitterness, no resentment, no grudges, but Lord, a clean slate before You. Father, help each and every person, I pray, to start that journey, make that decision, and Lord, set themselves free in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's just one last clip for you this morning. Are you enjoying this? Is this all right? Yeah, okay. It's pretty challenging, some of it, but the next one's a bit more uplifting, I think. The resurrection is the most history-making, earth-shaking, life-transforming, eternity-changing truth of all. In fact, without the resurrection, there would be no Christianity. So we need to really have a good grasp of the resurrection because everything hangs on this. (laughs) So I'll just introduce this topic a little bit today, give you some thoughts on it, because a true faith, a true faith And the resurrection will radically affect how you live your life on a daily basis. A true faith. You know, that's what took a a group of fishermen to forsake everything, sacrifice immensely, most of the apostles crucified, and turn the world upside down. What would cause people to live like that? The resurrection. That's what was a game changer. If we don't understand the resurrection, if we don't appreciate it, we'll just live a casual, average Christian life. But when we see the resurrection for what it is, what it was, everything changes. Let me give you a few thoughts on the resurrection today. Firstly, it can teach us that everything Jesus said is true and can be trusted. B.B. Warfield, the great theologian, put it this way, Christ deliberately staked his whole claim upon his resurrection. It proved that he was who he said he was. You know, Jesus rising from the dead should totally convince us that everything he said and everything in this book is 100% reliable, accurate, and can be trusted. Because I believe that when you are surrendered to God, truly surrendered, and you're a faithful follower of Jesus, then every struggle, every setback is actually a setup for God to do something amazing in your life. The resurrection to me proves Genesis 50 verse 20. Is true, what the enemy means for evil, God works it for your good. That's the power of the resurrection. I want you to start to think of every struggle, every setback as a setup for God to do something incredible in your life. You can come out with greater faith, with treasures of darkness, you can come out sometimes even with a miracle. Because if you really believe that Jesus is who He says He is, If you really believe that the resurrection is true, if you stay close to Jesus, you don't have to worry about anything because in the end, you're gonna look back and you're gonna see that God was with you, God was for you, God was in you, He was working on your behalf and He was bringing good out of what the enemy meant for evil. If we believe the resurrection, that He is the master at the end of the day, what is a setback can become a setup. Yeah. Friends, if that is not true, we are of all men most miserable because that means we only have hope in this life. But no, we have a God of resurrection. He turns every situation around for our good. All things, if you're not believing me yet, work together for good for them that love God. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus, He can turn everything for good in your life. That takes a bit of faith, takes a bit of believing. But I want to encourage you to exercise that faith. You know, we can face anything. We can face anything knowing that all the evil and all the bad things will be swallowed up in victory. Just ask Joseph. Just ask Moses. Just ask David. Just ask Paul. Just ask the apostles, all the negativity, all the setbacks, all the disasters, God ultimately worked it for their good and for their blessing. That is a resurrection. It's gonna get better. Stay with me for a few moments. I reckon the resurrection also teaches us that with God, too late is never too late. When it's over, It's actually not over. Jesus is dead. Three days in the tomb. Too late. No. It's over. No. Jesus came back to life. You see, Jesus rising from the dead tells me that dead things can come back to life. Dead things can come back to life. You know, have you ever thought about this? When tragedies strike, and we're seeing this right now all over the globe, disasters, floods, earthquakes, people get to work and they start this massive cleanup. They start to rebuild. You know, they, they just go to work and, and just put a massive energy into all that has gone wrong, all the disaster that has happened. And you think, why would they do that? Because I believe God has put in the human spirit that it's never too late, that he's put in us a spirit of resurrection, that we can rise again, we can go again, we can go further again, we can smile again. There's something in the human spirit put there by God, I call it a resurrection spirit, that when you're down and out, you're actually not down and out. When you think you're defeated and it's over, you're actually not defeated and it's not over. When you think I can never rise again, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I know you can rise again. You can step up again, you can go again, you can smile again, because what? With God, it's never over. God, it's never too late. You can, the resurrection brings the dead to life. Let me give you a great scripture on this, Romans 4, 17. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Yeah. Call those things that do not, exist. oh man, I'm getting a bit excited about this now. That do not exist, I do this, I do this folks and I'm telling you it works. What, what do you need to call that does not exist as though it did exist? Do you need to call your healing that as though you are healed? That um, you know, that your, your, your family of all walking with God your children have come back to Jesus, uh, that you've got your permanent residency, you've got that job that you wanted, you've managed to get your home, you've got that miracle, you've got that breakthrough. What do you need to call forth that does not exist as though it does exist? It's time, friends, uh, to begin to declare what God wants to do in your life and take a step forward, because we serve a God of resurrection. All right, let's have the musicians, singers join us, please. Wow, we serve a God of resurrection. What do you want to pick up from that one? I think the first thing I want to mention once again is that because Jesus rose from the, you know, no one in the history of the world ever said they're going to die and three days later rise again. So we can believe that everything Jesus said is true and can be trusted. Everything in the Bible is true, can be trusted. Do not edit the Bible. Do not remove the parts that you don't like because Jesus' resurrection, I believe, is enough to convince us everything He said is true and accurate. One of the things about the power of the resurrection is that whatever you face in life, whatever you might be growing through today, Or this year, what the enemy meant for evil, God is gonna work it for good. All things do work together for good for them that love God. What are you facing? What have you been through? What's happened this year? You might just think, well, I'm glad the year is over. That's fine. You can think that way. There's nothing wrong with thinking that way. But why don't you change that a little bit and think, yeah, I'm glad it's over, but everything I went through, God's gonna work it for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God is gonna actually turn it around and do some amazing things in and through your life. Maybe you feel it's over. That it can never be what you once dreamed it would be or hoped it would be. It's kind of too late. Well, you heard me speak it in that message. Do you know with God, it's never over. With God, it's never too late. Just think of Joseph in that prison. Several years he's in that prison. He must have thought it's over. He just must have. He must have thought that those dreams he had could never be fulfilled. Yet we know they were. David running for his life for over a decade. So desperate he has to act like a madman dribbling on his beard. He must have thought it's over. He must have thought it's too late. But it wasn't. That is the power of the resurrection. You, my friend, can rise again. You can go again. We've already said it. Your best days are not behind you. They're ahead of you. Don't look back. You're not going that way. You're going forward. You're going ahead. That is the power of the resurrection. My last thought on this is that Romans 4, He calls those things that are not as though they were. Because of the resurrection, dead things can come back to life. Let's stand together, please.